Thanks for joining us on the New Beginnings Podcast, where our goal is to help people connect with Christ. We hope you enjoy listening. two of our series called Just Follow. Uh, I love this series, love this idea. This is something that we had earmarked really probably a couple of years ago. We, we think about these six-week small group series, and just so you know, I already have last year, or next year's plan. I think I even have two years from now planned. And those six-week series are a little bit bigger, and we know we want to tie them into a small group. And so uh, we're here into this idea of what does it look like to follow Jesus. And last week, we looked at this really opening idea of what it means to follow Jesus because it all starts somewhere. And so last week was kind of the preface. It was the starting point. And we looked at a guy named Matthew. Everybody say Matthew. Matthew is this tax collector. Jesus walks up to him and says, you know, hey, will you follow me? And, and again, it sounds kind of odd in the 21st century uh, Western kind of civilization. That would be weird. If somebody just walked up to you on the street and said, follow me, what would you do? You would probably go the other direction on purpose. And so, but it was a little bit different because Jesus was a rabbi and the rabbi was a rock star and the rock star had disciples and it was cool to be a disciple. And here's this guy named Matthew who had always been excluded from religious life because he was a tax collector. And Jesus does the weirdest thing. He invites him to follow with no prerequisites. Because if, if, if it were you or I, we'd just say, hey, look, you need to stop doing what you're doing. Because what you're doing is awful, evil, terrible, horrible. You're stealing from people. Stop it. If you'll stop it, then you can, come, you can come to church. Stop it, and you can come follow me. Stop it, and you can come walk with Jesus. And Jesus doesn't do that. He just gives an invitation. And really, it's an invitation into a relationship. And that's what you need to know. And, and here's what I would say if you're taking notes, is that Jesus did not come to start a new religion. For some of you, that'll make you feel better. He did not come to start a new religion. He came to initiate a new kind of relationship with God. Like, Jesus never uses the word Christian. Like, he didn't come to say, hey, guys, everybody, I'm going to start a a new religion. Let's let's get rid of old other religions. And just he, he didn't do that. He just said, hey... I'm the son of God. I want, you to, I want you to follow me. And that's how it all began. It just was an invitation into relationship and it had no prerequisite. And the idea of all religions is basically change and then you can come and join us. And Jesus flips it and says, actually, if you'll just join me, you'll change. I promise you. And if, if, if you're a Christ follower, you know this to be true. If I asked you what your story is about how life changed happened, you would probably not have the story. Well, you know what? Bless God, I just decided to change one day. And so I just started changing this and changing that and changing this. And then I started following Jesus. That's not your story. Your story is typically, well, I started following Jesus. And then one day I just realized, wow, that, look, that's different. And that's changed. And that's different. And this is new. And this feels new in me. And I, I stopped doing that. I started doing these things. And I, I, before I know, I didn't even know how I'd become one of those people. You know, I'd become a Jesus follower. And so that's kind of the story of how it begins with Jesus giving a simple invitation to Matthew Someone was very undeserving and very unqualified in saying, will you follow me? And so that's the question that we all have to ask ourselves is this, is am, am I following? That's it. Am I following? Not do you believe everything, because we already determined that people be- did not believe before they followed Jesus. They didn't. There's a lot of people that didn't know, weren't sure, they discovered later, they didn't believe before they followed Jesus. They followed Jesus, and because of that, they believed. The other thing we learned is this, is like being a sinner doesn't disqualify you because that was the only people available. So if, if you're a sinner, which you are, you're in. You can be in. You can, there was no sin that Jesus said, no, 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 but I'll take you. It was never like that. He said, no, just everybody just jump in. We'll figure it out. 
And that's the question that you have to ask yourself. Am I actively following? Am I currently following? Am I following at a distance? But bless God, start somewhere if you can and start following. Now today we'll look at a new text where Jesus goes and it's in the early part of the Jesus story where he finds some unlikely, unqualified, undeserving people and he basically gives them the same invitation. So if you have your Bible, Matthew chapter 4 says it like this. Now, we just talked about Matthew, the tax collector. Notice that when he tells his, his story, it's really, really cool. When he tells Peter and James's story, it's kind of lame. Just saying. So it says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and his brother, Andrew. I say, Andrew, I just learned something new. When your parents get older, they start telling you things that they would have never told you when you were young. Right? Like, I didn't know I was a mistake. You know, I, was, I didn't know that. And I don't care how old you are, don't tell your kids that. Just, just let them believe that they're special. And, and you know, anyway. But I, I found out, my middle name is Andrew, so my name is Todd Andrew Hendricks. I found out this week, this last week, that my name was supposed to be Andrew. My mom wanted to name me Andrew and call me Drew from Andrew. But my dad vetoed her. Vetoed her? Anyway, but I'm Todd. So anyway. I don't know why I told you that. So they're, they're, but there's these people. They're real people. Peter and his brother Andrew. Because that's what his mom named him. They were casting a net into the lake. Just because you don't, in case you don't know, for they were fishermen. That's just for like the slow ones. Why were they casting a lake into the net? Or net into the lake? Because they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said. And I will send you out to fish for people. And at once they left their nets and followed them. Now this sounds crazy, doesn't it? It sounds as if Jesus is a Jedi, and he just, these are not your droids. Because if you ever watch the, the Jesus films and like the Jesus movies, don't they give Jesus kind of a weird vibe? Am I the only one that thinks that for real? Am I the only one that, because he's got a robe, Obi-Wan wore a robe. And you feel like they're in Birkenstocks, and I think that's what Obi wore, and then they're like, there's a... And he just has this kind of spookiness to him. And it's as if when he speaks to people, they're just mesmerized. Like, okay, I'll follow you anywhere. And, and then that's what... It, it, I'm just telling you that Matthew just glosses over this story because you're going to see why in a second. And so it seems like Peter is just like, okay, I'll just go wherever. And that's not really what happened. But look, verse 21 says... That this, is, this is the worst version of it right here. Going on from there, he saw two brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. So you got Peter and Andrew, those are brothers. And then their fishing partners, James and John. They were in a boat with their dad, preparing their nets. And Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and, and their father. They left dad. They're like, bye dad, we're out of here, peace. This is like, you know, your son's helping you mow the lawn, and then his buddies come up, and like, bye dad. And you know, it's just, what? I got the boat and the nets, are you got get back over here. And it sounds, like, it sounds like they're just being irresponsible and mean to their dad, right? And then the story ends. They just follow Jesus. And if, and if you read that, you're like, this is nuts. I can't do that. I can't just leave my job and just go follow Jesus. Is that what we're supposed to do? Just leave our job, stop working, and follow around the Jesus guy? I mean, is that? You hate your job, apparently. Um, so or, I mean, that sounds kind of irresponsible. You shouldn't quit my job and not... Go to work and then just, you know, you mean just quit school? You mean just, that sounds kind of weird. It sounds kind of irresponsible. And then just leave my dad. That's not what happened. It's just because Matthew was talking to a bunch of Jewish people who were already kind of understanding what was going on. But, everybody say but. But Luke tells the same story. 
Now, Luke isn't writing to a bunch of Jewish people who would have figured all this out and gotten it. He was writing to a bunch of Gentiles or non-Jewish people. And he goes, let me give you all a bunch of context so you all really know what's going on. So the better version of the story is actually found in Luke. Because the Matthew version, if you just read that at first glance and didn't know any better, you would think following Jesus is some blind mesmerizing i just got spooky one day at church and got weird and then just started following jesus and that's not what happened look at look now luke's version is going to make so much more sense of this one day jesus was standing by the lake of gennesaret the same thing as the sea of galilee and the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. So this is the real picture. It's not that Jesus, Jesus just walks up to people and says, follow me. He's teaching, right? He's teaching. He's on the Sea of Galilee. He's hanging out with a bunch of people, doing a sermon or doing a message or talking to people. And it's going to show you that Peter and James are right there nearby. They're listening to this. And so anyway, if you, if you want to know what the Sea of Galilee looks like, here's a, here's a quick pick. This thing's massive. Okay, so like, I don't want you to think, and, and like, I think this is the short end. Like from here to here, this isn't the long end, this is the short end. So this place is huge, and he was hanging out and, and by the sea. And this is what he was doing. You'll see this. He actually gets in a boat so he can talk to people, whereas basically he uses the water as a microphone so he can talk to a bunch of people. Because how many know when you're on a boat, you can hear what the people on the other boat are saying? It's kind of creepy. And here's some fishermen. Here's another picture. This is what it would have been looked like. This is not Peter and Andrew's brother. Although I can relate here uh, with what's going on. But anyway, that's the idea of like, this is how these guys would fish. This was not like, it was, it was not, this is fishing with nets and teams and groups and all that stuff. And this is the way that they would fish. So Jesus walks up into the Sea of Galilee. He's teaching, he's talking to people. And here's why this is important. is because Peter and Andrew and James and John didn't just get mesmerized and walk off. They had heard Jesus preach and teach sermons. They had already listened. And this is why this is important. Nobody is asking you to come follow Jesus blindly. The very first step that anybody ought to take is get some information. Figure out what this thing is all about. Maybe listen a little bit first because if you are ever asked by any religious group just to blindly follow and never ask questions, run from them. That's a cult, okay? If anybody says, hey, there's secret rooms and you can't know and there's special underwear and you can't know and there's... there's, there's that's a thing, people. That, that, if anybody says, no, you can't ask that question. No, you can't. No, you can't. Run. Because Jesus never does that. Jesus puts it out on the table and then just gives an invitation into a relationship. It's, it's just different. So let, let's keep going. So he saw the waters at the water's edge. There were two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. Now, that's important. He got into one of the boats the one belonging to, to Simon Peter, and he asked him to put out a little from the shore. And then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Now that's fascinating because you've got to remember, Jesus is teaching the people on land, then he gets in the boat, he asked Peter, hey, can I get into your boat to talk to these people? So you can see that there's a progression going on here. Now here's what was going on when he gets there though. Peter and Andrew were doing what? Washing their nets. No, they're done fishing because See, here's the way that it worked back then. The, the fish would basically come to the surface at night when the water was cool, so the fishermen fished at nighttime. 
What's morning? It's daytime now. They're done fishing and they're washing their nets. That's what's the picture that's going on here. And Jesus interrupts them while they're already cleaning their nets. Because how many know, like, you got to clean out the boat? You know what I mean? You got all the the cans and the trash and the garbage and you got to clean the stuff out of the nets and you got to hang the nets and let them dry. And so that's what's going on here. And Jesus basically invites himself into their world. He says, hey, can I get into your boat? Now listen to this. When he had finished speaking, he says to Simon Peter, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Now, why would that have been odd? Because it's the wrong time of day. Everybody knows, at least there, not us, but everybody there knows you fish. You fish at night. That's when the water there, because when the sun comes out, the surface of the temperature gets warm, and so the fish go where? They go down. And so he goes, so he's like, Jesus, because they respond like, Jesus, look, we, uh, we're career fishermen, and you're a rabbi. So why don't you teach, and we'll fish. If you're, if you, have you ever noticed how, like, when you're actually really, really knowledgeable about a subject, and then a novice person comes into your world? Isn't it the most annoying thing in the world for the novice to tell me, like, like well, I, 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 this happens at the gym all the time, right? There's nothing worse than the guy at the gym. You're in there lifting and working out and doing your thing, and then this guy comes over and tries to, hey, let me show you this new technique. Hey, you're doing it wrong. I know my, and I'm like, who are you? It's the, it's the worst. Don't be that guy at the gym. I'm sorry, that was personal. That's not in the sermon notes. That just came out. I'm sorry. But, but that's what's taking place here. So, so it's a little bit inconvenient because they already cleaned their boat and dried their net. So now you're asking me to go get them wet again. There's no fish out here, so this doesn't even make sense. And it's kind of embarrassing. There's a bunch of people around. They're going to think I'm stupid because they know I shouldn't be out here fishing. And so anyway, you see what's going on here, right? You see how it's going. So Jesus says, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Next verse says this, and Simon answers and says master or this is what it's saying rabbi it was just a way of honoring the rabbi and the teacher rabbi look we worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything but because you say so i will let down the nets now i need you to catch this because this is a huge step for you as a christ follower somebody wanting to follow christ peter didn't put down his nets because he believed it would work Peter just humored Jesus out of respect. And Jesus does still to this day elicit enough respect that you can, even if you're not sure you believe everything, even if you're not all the way in yet, you can at least just, okay, you're Jesus, this son of God, rose from the dead. Maybe you're just the greatest teacher ever. You certainly changed human history. I'll just humor you not because i believe it'll work but just because you say so out of respect because you're jesus i will just humor you and what jesus asked him to do is fascinating because this is what you need to pick up on jesus asked him to do something that he had done a thousand times before but jesus asked him to do it in a different way let me say that again Jesus asked Peter to do something he'd done a thousand times before, but he did ask him to do it in a different way. So let's keep going with this. Here's the deal. When they had gone, verse number six, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. 
So Jesus is Aquaman. <laughs> right? He commands the fishes where to go, right? That's, that's the miracle, right? There's no fish there. They fished all night. There's no fish. There's no fish is supposed to be down deep. Remember Aquaman? And that's the story. Now, we see, if you grew up in church, you kind of know the story. Or now you can see, if you've never heard the story, you can see that something incredible and miraculous happened. But did Peter know this was going to happen? No. Did he believe it was going to happen? No. He was just humoring the rabbi out of respect. Because what Jesus could have said was, Peter, listen to me, listen to this. You need to let down your nets because I'm going to do something so awesome. You're going to follow me. You're going to go on a journey that's so incredible. You're going to help launch the New Testament. As a matter of fact, let me just show you something real quick. Before you sit down, I'm going to show you this. I want to show you this picture. And this is what, see this right here? This is your tomb. This is where you're buried. This is where St. Peter is buried. Who's St. Peter? What's a saint? That's what he would have been saying. Oh, I don't know. What's a saint? It's you. You're St. Peter. This is the tomb of Basilica. This is the largest church in the world. And this is where like Nero used to have his throne and used to have his palace. They tore the thing down. This took like a hundred years to build. Like a bunch of Ninja Turtles, like Michelangelo helped sculpt and design. the. Can you give me the next picture? I don't even remember what all we have. This is so like at, underneath the altar, apparently, below is, is the tomb of St. Peter. He said, this is going to be you. This is going to be yours. Now, if you knew that, what would you have said to Jesus? You'd be like, yeah, sure, I'm in. Take the boat. Take the nets. I'm down. We'll do it. Just, is there another pair? I think there's one more. This just gives you an idea. Like, look, Peter, this is going to be you. This is going to be your impact on the world. Look at all this cool. Look at all these people. Look at these pews. What's a pew? Just a, It's a big wooden chair, basically. So... The point is, if you knew what hung in the balance, you would say yes. But you don't know. You never know what hangs in the balance of you simply saying yes. You don't know. And so Jesus asked him to do something very, very simple, something he had done a thousand times before. But he asked him to do it in a way that he'd never done it before. And he said, if you'll do this, I promise it will change the trajectory of your life and future. So let's keep reading. So when Peter saw this, this is verse 8, when Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord. Which is funny because they're, they're on a boat. Where are you going to go? Anyway, I think he's confused. Like, I think he's overwhelmed. He's like, leave me. Where's he going to go? He's in a boat. Go away from me. Everybody say, Lord. Now, what did he call him the first time? Rabbi or master. Now he's changed it. Now he's determined, oh my gosh, you're more than just a rabbi. You are something completely. You are Lord. And I am a sinful man. Here, now, please, 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 just get this. If you miss everything else, just get this right here. What you need to know is, is that when you decide to take that one simple little step towards following Jesus, that what happens is, is that you eventually figure out who he is, and in light of that, you figure out who you are. If you ever had the search for meaning, to figure out who I am, who am I really, what's my point, what's my purpose, and why am I really here, if you've ever sought for meaning, you need to know this, 
It happens when you decide to take that one little step to follow Jesus. Maybe to do something you've done a thousand times before, but you're going to do it in a different way just simply because he asked you to. And when you do it, when you begin to follow Jesus, all of a sudden everything becomes alive. Everything becomes real. This thing goes beyond just going to church and being a religious thing. It becomes something real. You get a glimpse of who he is, and in light of that, you figure out who you are. Somebody, that, that was good. That was good. That was good. So... Verse number 9 says this, For he, this is Peter, and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And were so, and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. And so Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid, because apparently he's freaking out in the boat. Jesus says to him, Simon, don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people, which is really odd, but we'll get to that maybe in a minute. So they pulled their boats up onto shore. They left everything and followed him. Now you see, now it makes sense. Matthew's like, Jesus walks up, says follow, and then they leave their nets and follow. But what you don't know is what happened in the middle, which is what Luke just describes in very cool detail. And this is the story. This is the invitation that Peter and James and Andrew and John were given. And it's the same invitation that you have. He finds some people that are kind of unlikely a little bit disqualified, a little bit rough around the edges. These are fishermen. If you ever hang out with fishermen, a little odd. You ever hang out with fishermen, sometimes a little rough around the edges. And Jesus invites these people to come on this journey, and they have no idea what's at stake, but they trust Jesus with this one little decision. And in this story, what you find is, you really find what I think are the four stages of what it looks like to follow Jesus. So you ready? If you're taking notes, write this down. These are the four stages of what it looks like to follow Jesus. Number one, sit and listen. Just sit, just sit and listen. This is the initial step that they all took, because what was Jesus doing on the seashore? He was just teaching people, and they're over there cleaning their nets and just listening. And then they get in the boat, and then they're just listening. They're just in the sit and listen phase, because here's the deal. Again, you don't have to believe everything to start following Jesus. You can start following Jesus to determine what you believe. So the invitation is just to, like, sit and listen. As a matter of fact, you're already doing this because you're at church today. You're already in this phase. This is what you're already doing. This is like when, when that person maybe gave you that book and said, hey, maybe read this or check this out, or, or hey, here's this sermon series. Hey, maybe read this, maybe check this out. You know what you're doing? Just listening, just because all you got to do is take that initial step where you're like, is this something I even want to do? I'm going to at least look into it, at least check out the evidence. I, I, I'm not committing to anything. I'm not marrying anything. I am just, I'm window shopping. The next one is this. This is the phase called loan him your boat. This is where Jesus comes into your life and says, hey, will you do something that's a little bit inconvenient? Just a little something. Like, give me, give me your Sunday morning. Heck, you know what? There's this class called First Connect. Just, just go. Just, just, just give him some of your time. Go to a small group. Just give him a little bit of your time, and that's all you're going to do. Maybe you start reading the Bible. Not because you know that you believe it, but just because you're just, you're just looking into it a little bit more. Is it going to cost you some time? Sure, but it'll benefit you. I promise it's just worth it. You've gone beyond sitting and listening. Now you're investigating a little bit on your own, and it's a little inconvenient because you're loaning him your boat. And whenever you loan people stuff, it's a little inconvenient. The third phase is you take Jesus fishing. Now, again, this is where you start to get a little more relational because you, you, you only want to go fishing with people you like. You do not want to be stuck on a boat because you can't leave them, right? Like if the conversation gets awkward, you're just stuck because you're on a boat. 
So anyway, this is the let's go fishing stage. Now, this is where it gets exciting. Now, again, the first two steps are just baby steps, right? Very, very simple. No commitment, no whatever. But now you're actually taking Jesus fishing, and this is where Jesus is going to ask you to do something that you've done a thousand times before, but he's going to ask you to do it in a way that you've never done before. Jesus is going to ask you to do something that to you will seem counterintuitive because for them to let down their nets was counterintuitive. They believed and they knew with all their fishing experience, look, Todd, I've been fishing my whole life. I know how this works. But you're going to humor him. If you take this step, it's because you're going you're to, out of respect, just humor him. And what you're going to do is you're going to set your nets down. You're going to do something that you've probably done a thousand times before, but you're going to do it in a new way that Jesus asked you to do it. And here's the deal. Normally, this falls into about three different categories. This is what I find. Is, is number one, Jesus is going to ask you to do something relationally, professionally, or financially. You been there? You all of a sudden, like, it, it's almost like something goes off on the inside of you. You've been sitting and listening. You've been examining. You've been, you've been like, you, you know, you've taken some steps. And then all of a sudden, something goes off on the inside of you where you feel this sense of, gosh, I just feel like I'm supposed to, I feel like I'm supposed to stop doing, I don't even know why, but I feel like I need to go and and you get this little bit of thing on the, you know what I'm talking about? Has anybody ever had that? You get that little thing on the inside of you. And Jesus is going to ask you to do something, usually relationally, professionally, or financially. He's going to ask you to do, because you've been doing your finances your whole life. And then all of a sudden, he's going to ask you to start being generous. I'm like, all right, all right, I don't do that. Or he's going to ask you to do something relationally. Like, you, I know how to do relationships. I've been married five times. I know how to do this, okay? And then, and then, and then Jesus is going to ask you to do something, to do it in a way that you've never done it before, just to, tr- to see if you will trust him. And here's the deal. When you do this, this is when Jesus comes alive. If you ever felt like, I don't see Jesus, it's because of this right here. You're stuck. You loan him your boat, but you have not gone fishing yet. And when you take this step, Jesus comes alive because all of a sudden you get to see him for who he is. And you finally see you for who you actually are as well. This is where it all starts to happen. Because again, Jesus, Jesus is wanting you to just trust him in one simple area. Now, here's what's going to happen. When you start to trust Jesus in that one area, all of a sudden you're going to be like, wow, you know, God answered my prayer. Or, wow, look at what happened. Or look how that worked out. Or look how that came through. That's crazy. And then he's going to ask you to do it again. And this is where we get into the fourth phase or the fourth stage, which is you leave your nets. This is the realm that many of you are at, because I talk to Christians all the time, and they have their testimony and their story, and they say, Pastor Todd, you have no idea I was praying, and I needed this to happen, or this to break through, or this to come about, and I was hoping and praying and believing, and God did something great. And that's your story, and it's great. I always tell people, write that down, because you'll forget it in two years, I promise. You think, no, no, I'll never forget this. You will forget it, just write it down. But here's the deal. When God asks you to do one thing, it normally faith rises in you. Again, you see Jesus. Jesus comes alive. You get a glimpse of who you are. But there's a temptation to stop there. And what Peter and James and John do is they fight through the fear. Because remember, that was Jesus said, don't be afraid. He said, fight through the fear. If I did it for you once, I promise I'll do it again. If I can do it for you in one arena of life, I, I'll do it in them all. And so this is the leave your nets. This is the realm of total surrender. This is where you say, God, you don't get just one category. 
I'm all in. The chips are all in the middle. I'm all in. I don't care. I'm going for broke. You get everything. And that's where you want to be at in your life. And then Jesus actually has this odd statement at the end. He goes, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Now, again, to them, they were fishermen. So it's like, okay, I fish for fish and now you want me to fish for people. Sounds a little bit weird, but the point is this. And, and if, you're in this, if you're in any of these stages, you, you, you need to know this. Notice that Jesus doesn't give the prerequisite and then say follow. He says, follow me and watch what I'll do in, with your life. Remember the, remember the tomb of Basilica? Remember, I'll do something crazy, I promise. I will do something. And one of the things that he wants to do through, you need to get this, because no matter where you're at, no matter what stage you're at, you can pull this off. God actually wants you to use you to make a difference in the life of somebody else. It is never enough for you to follow Jesus and be happy singing Kumbaya by yourself. That was never the intent. The intent was never for you to be like, hey, you found hope? You found meaning? You've got forgiveness? Great. Keep that to yourself. So you need to know that no matter where you're at, you ought to be actively thinking, man, I'm just sitting and listening, but man... Maybe I'll tell somebody, you know, I'm loaning Jesus my boat and I'm sharing that with the people around me. If you're definitely in the taking fishing and the leave your nest, you need to know that your life was not meant just for you. That God wants to use you to make a difference in the world around you. God wants to do, I'm just telling you, you don't see it yet. It's hanging in the balance if you'll just trust him. And so Jesus gives them a clue as to what their future life would look like. Just a clue. He couldn't show them the tomb of Basilica. It would freak them out. They'd never seen a building like that. These are fishermen on the Sea of Galilee. We'll close with this. The question that, that you need to ask yourself is this. What's your next step? Like, what's your next step? Like, where are you at on this journey? Now, depending on if you grew up in it, because I know people that grew up in church their whole life, you have never loaned Jesus your boat. You've been sitting and listening for decades. You have never actually left your nets and surrendered. All. You've been, you, other people, you're here, and you, maybe it's the first time you've been to church in a decade. Maybe it's the first time you've been to church. Maybe you're just starting to come back to church. I, I don't know what your story is, but what is your next step? Where were you at on that spectrum, and what's your next step? Because here's the deal. Whatever he asks you to do, this is my encouragement. Just do it. Peter, James, John are fishermen on the Sea of Galilee. How many other fishermen on the Sea of Galilee have you ever heard of? And the answer is none. Peter, Andrew, James, and John, they had no idea what hung in the balance. They had no idea what was going to happen. They had no idea what the future was going to look like. And the point is this, is you never know what hangs in the balance of just trusting. You don't know. Because here's what I do know about people when I talk to you and I talk about your story or I look at me and I look at my story. Here's what I know. There are times in my life where I trusted Jesus. He asked me to do something that maybe I'd done for a thousand times, but he asked me to do it in a way that I'd never done it before. And I just trusted him. And I went with it. And you know what? Every decision I ever made where I was glad, I was, where I made a decision to follow Jesus, I was glad that I did. Can anybody relate to that? Like, you made it as you trusted Jesus, and you look back and you're like, oh, thank heavens, my God. Oh, my God. Can you imagine what would have happened if I hadn't have? And here's what also knows true. Because we all have stories where we said yes, and we humored him, and we trusted him. And we all have stories where we said no, and we were reluctant or we were afraid. And you know what those, those stories are always like? Jesus asked me to do this, and I regretted it. 
I look back at my life and I think, man, what could have happened if I would have just trusted Jesus? So, so uh, here's my point. When Jesus asks you to do something, your best bet is to just trust, to just do it. Not something completely irrational. Sit, listen, look in the evidence, figure it out. Take some baby steps first. You are not asked to blindly jump into anything. I want you to know that all the questions that you have, there are answers. Just because you don't have them doesn't mean they're not there. So keep looking, keep digging. Wherever you're at on that step, that spectrum of stages in life, do the next step, whatever it is. Just trust it because you'll be glad that you did. And here's what I know to be true. That if you don't, you'll get some span of time down the road and you'll wish you had. Let's pray this morning. So God, would you please just kind of maybe speak to us, maybe nudge us, maybe bump us in the right direction. Would you encourage us, God, to... Maybe fear is holding us back. Maybe we're reluctant. Maybe, maybe there's something in our head where just doubt creeps in. God, would you, whatever... Whatever it is that we need to do, God, whatever it is that next step is, God, will you give us the courage to take that next step? We're all sitting listening. I made you do that for the 32 minutes. You're all sitting listening. But maybe your next step is to actually go and and loan him your boat. What is it that I need to do? It's going to be a little inconvenient. I'm going to sacrifice some type of time or energy, but I'm going to loan Jesus my boat. What do you need to do next? For some of you, you've been doing that your whole life. Grew up in church. But you know what? You don't take Jesus fishing. You know all the Bible stories. You know Jonah and the fish and Daniel and the lion's den and David beat the big ugly guy. You know all the stories, but that doesn't mean you've actually seen Jesus and you don't really know who he is or know who you are in light of that. And maybe you're here today, you say, Todd, I've I've been living these last few years and I've seen the hand of God and I've seen God at work and I've seen God answer prayers, but I just need to go all in. I've given God, you know, some of my life, but I want to go all in. It's time now. Where are you at? And will you take your next step? Lord, that is our prayer. God, give us the courage and the conviction. Give us the help and the strength that we need to take a step in your direction. I'm going to do something a little bit different today. I don't do this every Sunday morning. If you could bow your heads and close your eyes, I want, to, I want to offer this to you. If you're out here today and you say, Todd, I have never made a legitimate step towards Jesus, where I said, Jesus, I, I want you to forgive me and help me. I want to put some faith and trust in you and made an actual step, then I want to give you that opportunity today. If you're in here and you say, Todd, what do I do? It's, it's simple. I want you to pray a simple prayer where you invite Jesus. You say, Jesus, I want you to get in my boat and I want to walk in your direction and I want to start following you. And if you have never asked that, then today's your day. As a matter of fact, if that's you today and you say, Todd, I need to make a step in the direction of Jesus, then on the count of three, I want you to slip your hand up in the air. It's just a sign between me, you, and God that I'm taking a step. God, I need you in my life. God, I want you in my life. God, I want to know more. God, I need your help. On the count of three, one, two, three, and slip your hand up in the air. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray this prayer, and we're just going to all pray it together. One big kind of church family. That way, you know, the, 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 the people that raise their hand don't feel awkward. So we're going to pray this prayer. And I'm just going to lead you in this simple prayer. It's not magical. It's just something of what it could sound like. Would you please repeat this? Everybody say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Help me, Lord. Help me to know you. Help me to see you. Help me to trust you. Today. I decide to take a step in your direction. Would you please help me? It's in your name that I ask. And we all said, yeah, can we get a little big hand clap this morning? 
Thanks again for listening to the New Beginnings Podcast. For more information on New Beginnings Church, please visit us online at nbchurch.tv. 